0: People of the World, it's The Brothers Talk with your hosts Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook, You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brother's Talk on Twitter, The Brother's Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Once more, we're wishing you a happy holiday season, Brother's Talk family, and welcome in to you and all of our first-time listeners around the world. We're glad you're joining us as we spread the message advocating for critical thinking and thoughtful conversations to promote social activism and uplift people everywhere. We also still need your help with the work of encouraging and educating everyone that we all come into contact with to identify, endorse, and inspire new and existing Black businesses and individuals for the empowerment and prosperity of our community. In your weekly coronavirus awareness alert, Because We Care, And we'll keep doing this, not only because we care, but because we seem to be basically the only ones out here interested in keeping you informed, safe and alive. Brothers and sisters, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, is reporting the first major nationwide uptick in the spread of the virus seen in months, with the greatest increase in the Midwest and the Mid-Atlantic. Close to two million Americans are now living in counties deemed to have high levels of COVID-19 hospitalizations, with the CDC urging wearing masks in public and the standard precautions to curb the threat posed by the virus. Also, around 1 in 10 Americans are now in communities with medium levels of hospitalization, where the CDC advises some additional precautions for at-risk Americans, like avoiding crowds. And finally, they're also reporting increases in the rate of infection for RSV2, the flu, and even some new pneumonia-like infections. Family, we know things are only going to get worse as the holiday routines get going in earnest. So once again, here's your loving broken record message. We all must do a better job of urging everyone that we can to get vaccinated or get the boosters. With millions of people out and about this holiday season spreading all the respiratory infections, please arm yourselves and protect your loved ones. Wash your hands, wear masks in crowded situations, use plenty of disinfectants, And if you or your children do get sick, please stay home until the contagious period passes so as not to spread it to others. Come on, people. We don't want this to be our last holiday season together because of these preventable diseases. We can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm.
1: Thanks, Rod. You know, I'm a little confused here now when it comes to the virus. And uh, well, first of all, family, thank you for your continued support. On one hand, the CDC is putting out this information, what Rod just stated, where there are increased hospitalizations. But then on the other hand, why isn't the media putting emphasis on that so they can we can shut this thing down before it get gets roaring and out of control? And I'm wondering, is that because People want to blame Biden. They want Biden out of the office so bad that they want everything to look bad. You know, we, we're talking about, they're constantly talking about how he's mismanaging managing the economy, even though the, the economy is supposed to be one of the best we've had in decades. They're blaming him for what's happening over in Israel. They look like they're looking for so many things to pile on to this guy. But it's to me, it's negligent not to cover this in a way to bring out this awareness and the seriousness of what can possibly happen for people not doing the things and taking precautions like CDC is telling them to do. So I'm I'm a little, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm wondering, you know, what's going on, Norm? Thanks, Scott.
2: And I just like to remind everybody that we're also having a fentanyl crisis in our community. We are the number one, as far as deaths goes, percentage wise for this terrible, terrible outbreak or or plague or whatever you want to call it. So please, let's stay off the drugs. Let's stay off of all of that street crap. It's destroying our community right along with the other plagues that we're suffering. And remember, our community suffers way more than any other community when any of these things strike. So please, we can't move forward unless we have good health. Rod.
0: And this week, Norm, you brought to our attention a new venture that's going on by a couple of hip-hop artists, a couple of rappers, who decided to use their entrepreneurial spirit to take ownership of their own sort of media enterprise. And so, tell us more about that.
2: Thanks, Rod. And we're discussing two rappers, Mace and Cameron, who literally decided to start a sports podcast, investing $250,000 each. Now, who would think that two rappers could develop a sports podcast that would literally get a $30 million backing by a sports fantasy company? Why can't our professional athletes do something like this? Why can two rappers make a $500,000 investment and create a $30 million company in such a short period of time. This is fantastic and should inspire a lot of other young people and professional athletes and entertainers to kind of start striking out on their own.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. And we all know that in the major sports, we are the dominant figures and the major media knows it too. It's why if you watch ESPN or if you watch Fox or or any of the other sports channels, that they have large numbers of us there to provide a kind of validity as well as expertise on just hearing from us in these sports. So it begs the question, why don't we have more of the people who are being used to feed the white coffers actually deciding to band together and start their own? You know, I think that's one of the reasons why we see these issues like the media and other entities constantly coming after LeBron James, because he and his people are consistently doing just that. You know, they are in a number of different multimedia formats now. They're producing movies and TV shows, and they're representing athletes. And so he seemed to be targeted at every front, that there's like a campaign out there to try to find ways to undermine what he's doing. And I think the thing that they don't want to see is other athletes start to use him as an example of what they could do if they manage to own their own brand and market it the way that it should be done. So, kudos to both those two rappers. And they, we know rappers are hustlers, so they look for opportunities to capitalize off of their name and fame. But just because they did it doesn't mean that they should be the only ones out there. And so, hopefully, as you said, more of these athletes and entertainers will utilize their name game and start up something that they can own and that can make a difference.
1: I think this topic is something that need to be put out front some way so that black people can just think about this and let this stir around in their minds. You got to ask yourself, if you take a look at what's been happening over the last 20 years, or when Bill Gates was the richest man in the world for about 25 years, he made that money in IT. And I wonder, when we got so many brilliant black people out here, young black people, the older black people. brilliant. Why aren't we making that money in that IT space? Why is it that when you take a look at most of these billionaires now, it's either IT, this new money is IT and hedge funds and, you know, knowing how to uh, use derivatives, those type things. We have brilliant black people out here. Why aren't we doing that? The answer to me is for me, I came up with the answer that, you know, it's this whole talented 10th type mentality, but they're not giving back. You have a lot of black people on Wall Street who are making, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, but they're flying under the radar and they're not reaching out. They're not trying to create anything in, in the community to bring black people along or to help them, their people like other groups do. They're trying to distance themselves, and that's what it looks like. J—I—I I, I heard somebody play something. jr Smith was on somebody's podcast, and he was talking about this very thing that you and Noah was talking about, Roy, When he said, "You know, hey, you got these guys got two hundred million dollar contracts, three hundred million dollar contracts, but yet and still you got to go somewhere and and, and use somebody else, gym. You got to go and use somebody else facility. Why can't?" Each one of you throw in a couple of meals here and there, you're making $200 million and be your own and start your own. You shouldn't have to go and beg UCLA and let you go practice and scrimmage and have pickup games in their gym. So you got the, it's the mentality that, you know, I think people think that white people hadn't given them permission to do it. I You know, I don't know. I don't I don't know what it is it's a, a self-hating type situation. What is that?
2: Scott, you made several excellent points. If we have a top talented 10 who have the expertise and the money, why aren't they working together to build institutions to employ and uplift the community? If MACE could do it with Cameron, why can't they do it? And they have the level of education and expertise in all of these fields to be able to build an institution and institutions to carry our community forward. Why isn't that happening?
0: Well, those are outstanding points. And so I want to try to unpack some of them as well. So, Scott, as you mentioned, I think certainly there is a degree of that talented 10th mentality of folks who have effectively decided to compromise their values in order to hold on to what they have. They believe that. But I also know that there is a structure systemically that's in place to try to keep those things from happening. That doesn't excuse why they don't do it. But I also wonder why there aren't things like in professional sports, why there isn't like a black players union that in essence doesn't mean that they have to do anything other than say like, look, we're going to get together. And instead of each one of us trying to do our own thing individually, we can put some monies together and do something collectively that would be bigger than any one of us individually. Because, you know, the majority of these players out there, they aren't LeBron James and they aren't at the top of their profession, the majority of them, but there's enough of them that if they really wanted to make a difference, instead of just trying to build one little thing in their own community, why don't they band together and start to have their own version of a hedge fund? Why don't they band together and have their own version of a private equity group? But we know that once again, that takes money out of these individuals are so-called money managers and who are looking to just continue to keep them in a perpetual state of dependency. And so we have to get away from that crabs in a barrel mentality of believing that we have to take the credit individually as opposed to coming together and building something for our people as a whole. And if we can get to that, you know, that's what we are always preaching here with the Brothers Talk and the relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide process is that Black Wall Street wasn't an individual. In each of those areas where there was a Black Wall Street, it was because Black people worked together and they built up and they kept the money in the communities. And we know what ultimately happened. It meant that there were tons of white folks who decided they were jealous and didn't want to see that money being kept into those communities. But in this day and age, there's no excuse for why we don't go back to that mentality of saying, well, they tore it down one time, but that's not going to stop us from building it back up.
1: You know, Rod, I like the analysis, uh, because the the crab in a barrel mentality is exactly part of the problem. But to me, the issue here—we still got that mentality. A lot of a lot of us still had that mentality. But these people don't realize you're not in the barrel. <laughs> you know, you're not one of the crap. You're out of the barrel. You know, when you start talking about you know the income level that some of these people, like especially NFL, uh, NBA players, you know, these guys making $60 dollars a year. You know, they got guaranteed two hundred and fifty something, three hundred million dollar contracts, and yet you can't pool your money together. There's a, there's a trust issue. Certainly, there's a trust issue because people think that everybody else, like you said, Rod, you, uh, these other folks, you'll be cutting them out. But they think that everybody else can manage their money or invest their money better than black people. They're not looking at the big picture. They don't realize that everybody's watching black folks. We're the ones, we're, creatively, we're the ones that are driving pretty much everything. We've always have. I I saw this show where or I listened to this show when he was talking about how we are giving Facebook with Facebook free black people are creating all of this content. If you take a look at it's brilliant for Facebook, they're going on Facebook, they're creating all of this content by all of this stuff that they're putting out there, all of the videos that they're putting out there. And because Facebook is allowing you to do that, you're creating all of this content that Facebook is being paid. They're getting paid. All these other platforms where you're putting your videos or whatever you're putting out there, some product that you produce, you're putting it on these platforms. They're making money by charging people to either view your your material. I think most of them is advertising dollars. So the advertising dollars around your product that you produce you're not getting one cent of it. And a lot of these people are just doing it, not even thinking that. And I didn't even I wasn't thinking like that till I heard this program that Facebook has got this model where people are voluntarily and mostly black folks. They're in, helping them improve it. A lot of times you will get some uh, a questionnaire or somebody wants you to ask, "Uh, how can we uh, we want your opinion about And Some people. I'm sure I never get my opinion, but I'm sure they're using that opinion to sharpen their focus, to make a better product, but we're doing it free. I, it, it's just like, wow, why can't we do this for ourselves? Why can't somebody build a platform and allow people to do the same thing that they're doing on TikTok and Facebook? Because people will say, oh, you can't replicate Facebook. Well, look, look at TikTok. If you can't, you know, oh, you can't replicate TikTok because, oh, it's too big. If you replicated Facebook with TikTok, you can do the same. We can do the same.
2: Well, actually, you know, there was a gentleman who actually tried to do that. But the marketing aspect of it and getting our people off of Facebook to segue onto another platform, it's just not feasible because we don't have that kind of attention span. We really don't have that kind of want to put that kind of effort out there to to build our own platform. We just really do not want to do that. But Rod, I thought you had a great idea because there's no reason why African-Americans cannot pool our resources and literally create our own conglomerate or hedge fund or what have you to start investing and building companies in our community. We have enough disposable income. We, we waste more money on hair and cosmetology and on crap. Or we could all come together and put a couple of dollars in and literally start something like that. that I thought that was a great idea, Rod.
0: So, but Norm, to your first point, that is also the same answer, that when we try to do these things like start up our own platforms, we try to do it individually instead of getting together a consortium of black people who have the kind of resources that they could really market it properly because what always happens when we have someone try to do becoming the next Mark Zuckerberg or or whoever starts one of these platforms it's that they don't have the kind of capitalization and monetization to really push it like it should what we know for a fact is that the networks like when Fox Network started Fox Network realized that the black viewing market was its key to success and so Rupert Murdoch's group marketed almost exclusively to us, but they had the kind of money behind them to make sure that they created, you know, the Martin and Living Single and New York Undercover and In Living Color. And so that was their successful model. Whenever our people try to do something similar It's usually one of them, whether it's Tyler Perry trying to do it by himself or Oprah Winfrey trying to do it by himself. And God bless them for going out there and trying it. But the bottom line is that we need to be able to create the kind of momentum. What always happens is they start out with a flourish, but over time, they cannot sustain it because they start to run thin when it comes to capitalization. And that's when it usually fails. And so if, again, if these people, these entertainers and athletes decided to create their own marketing model of having the kind of long-term financial strategy, like a hedge fund, a private equity group, or even a bank, then we could see a great deal more success in the process. So that's our thoughts on it. Let us know what you think. In our Black Business Spotlight, remember, we're repeating and pushing our relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide movement. That we've literally stuck to since we began in 2020. We're staying the course of our commitment and belief in this cause because we only have to be true to ourselves and we hope and pray that you join us. So let's promote and patronize every black business that you can during the busiest season of the year for shopping of every type. And keep in mind that with the blitz of all the advertising dollars spent pushing goods and services of companies owned by people who are not us, We don't want to lose sight of our goal to use our dollars to uplift our communities instead of enriching other groups who don't need it nearly as much as our people do. Those who don't look like us don't invest a dime in our communities and neither does the government, especially in relation to the amounts that they take from us. So our ongoing Black Business Spotlight theme during this long holiday season is let's relaunch Black Wall Street nationwide. That's a wrap for this week's show, and remember you can follow us and share your thoughts and communicate with us by sending your comments, as well as question and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future, and until the next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time, your interest, and you can rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, let's all do better today because that's all we really have.